You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Let's talk about Pim. Yeah. Let's talk about Pim. Let's talk about Pim. Welcome to episode 5 of Pim Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers and Pim professionals. And every second Tuesday we come together to share knowledge, experiences and challenges. And the mission is to be able to create better product stories and customer experiences in all the different touch points that you have with the customers. And this is something we want to do for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover or what guests you would like to see on the show. And maybe you want to contribute in, a, in some way. You can email us at pimtalk at or message us on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. My name is Thomas Sjöberg and I'm the creative director here at InRiver. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM stands for Product Information Management and it's a solution where you can manage all your product marketing information in one place. And what you want to accomplish is a rich product experiences. No matter if you're a manufacturer, if you're a retailer, if you're a distributor, you want to do that in all the different channels that you meet your customers. May it be an e-commerce site or in an app or in an in-store display. You want to have good quality product information. And you also want to shorten time to market of your products. But if you're new to PIM and want to know more about it, you can check out the first episode where I explain to my mom what PIM is. In this episode, we're going to talk to Marta and Elsa from the Icelandic company Össur. And we're going to discuss things like MDM, Master Data Management, PIM, Marketing. Uh, they have different backgrounds within uh, these uh, areas. And I think it's going to be interesting to hear a bit more about their journey and their experiences. So let's talk to them. I'm very happy to have on the show today Elsa and Marta from Össur. Welcome. Hi. Hello. So maybe you could just start with introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, Elsa, you haven't been on the show before, Marta. You had a, a little bit in the first episode, so maybe you could start, Elsa. Okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Elsa. Uh, I'm Icelandic and I currently live in Iceland, but uh, I grew up in Denmark and I've lived across the world in Venezuela, Luxembourg and Ireland. Um, I'm an industrial engineer uh, specialized in innovation and automation. But I'm also a certified stockbroker, like probably 50% of uh, Icelanders. Uh, <laughs> and I'm also a certified in-river business consultant. All right. That was quite a lot. <laughs> Real renaissance uh, person. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but what's, uh, what would you say, what's the best about Iceland? Ah, it's difficult to say because the weather is so bad. But I guess the, uh, the energy, you have a lot of energy here. Um, no, this is Thomas. You can't ask me about this. We have been had rain for the past, I don't know, three months. Okay. <laughs> you should come to Sweden. We have great weather. We haven't had this good weather in ages. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. We are, I mean, we are experiencing monsoon here in Iceland. I mean, this is probably the worst weather in the past 100 years. <laughs> so. But no volcanic eruptions for the moment. No, not at the moment. Thank okay. God. <laughs> but Marta, uh, you are not uh, in Iceland, right? 
No, I'm actually working from my Eindhoven office. Uh, uh, we are, um, uh, is an international company. Uh, we have offices, uh, I think, all, all, over, uh, all over the globe. I'm situated in, uh, in Eindhoven in Holland, uh, where I'm part of the um, marketing and branding communication team. I'm working uh, very closely with uh, with Elsa on uh, product information management uh, system and project manager for uh, for implementation part of uh, of uh, of this uh, software in our company. My background is actually I'm a graphic designer, so I've been always looking at uh, at the data from uh, from how to promote, how to publish, uh, and how to get our uh, our audience uh, the best and the most correct uh, information. Uh, how to influence, uh, how to change the behavior so that people uh, actually uh, believing in us, uh, buying products and, uh, and can use the products in a correct manner. So the correctness of information is extremely important uh, for the company. Uh, I've been working also for Philips and Bavaria in the past. Bavaria is a Dutch beer brand. Um, so a little, you know, different perspective on, uh, on, on the information, but always knowing how important the data is and how important it is, uh, you know, the way how you market your, uh, your information. So this is, this is where I'm coming from. Uh, so thank you so much again for inviting me to, this, uh, <laughs> to the podcast. And yeah, I'm curious what, uh, what the next question is going to be. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, Usser as a company? Azure is a manufacturer, uh, uh, developer of, uh, of non-invasive, uh, non-invasive uh, orthopedics for uh, people that maybe are not part of the medical industry. Those are actually uh, orthopedic devices and the prosthetic devices. So in case uh, someone is uh, injured uh, and it needs to have a support for their uh, for the body uh, to uh, still be able to execute their normal daily life, that's, that's the products that Azure uh, invent, develop and, uh, and manufactures. Um, and uh, if you have a quite severe accident or uh, because of the sickness, illness, um, uh, you will be missing body parts. Osure is, uh, is able to uh, design, manufacture and, uh, and, and sell prosthetic devices. So replacement of, uh, of, uh, of human legs and uh, upper limbs. Um, we've been um, part of the industry for uh, quite, uh, quite some time, but we are still quite new. Um, if you look at our uh, our business and competition, we are number two in the world uh, when it comes to uh, prosthetic devices, and very closing up to that number as well on the on the orthopedic side. Uh, as a manufacturer, we are uh, we are bound by uh, rules and regulations about what we can say about the products and and we cannot. Uh, our industry where we're selling is, uh, is um, there are medical professionals, but also uh, uh, we are focusing today on the end users, what makes our journey quite uh, interesting and, and challenging as well. It's a different uh, marketing strategies when it comes to selling to, uh, to insurance, uh, insurance companies uh, or to uh, orthopedic surgeon than selling to, uh, to a person that actually has been amputated, has a traumatic experience and, and just wants to continue with their daily normal uh, life. So it's a challenging but as well uh, a beautiful business that we are into. We are improving people's mobility. You can see our products when they are used that they actually do something amazing to a, to a human being so this is inspirational for all employees in uh, at Osher uh, but we know as well that our our data is actually extremely important correctness mm-hmm. of it makes it makes all the difference yeah I understand that uh, and Elsa you actually got to use your own products if I remember correctly yes yeah and and more than once actually I had a, a car accident when I was it's probably like seven or eight years ago so uh, I was lucky enough to uh, use one of our knee braces and then I had an accident as well one year ago in during CrossFit. And uh, yeah, I got the opportunity of using one of our arm braces as well. So okay. 
But you haven't uh, had to use it, Marta, so far, or? Uh, no, thank God, I uh, did not. But actually, my uh, my mother is uh, arthritis uh, patient, and she's using one of our uh, our most innovative knee products, knee orthotics. And it's uh, you know seeing seeing someone that I love and and care for so much, being able to use the product. That actually, when she she was fitted with the product and she took her first steps, she kind of said like, oh "My gosh, you know, I don't feel the pain anymore." That's amazing. So that's uh, that's something that you see as a as a user as a person that is uh, that is that is able to use our products is it's it's amazing it's really mm, good great so you have both been involved in introducing pim into us or um, mm-hmm. but you are in in totally different both cities here in iceland and in amsterdam um, elsa you work with master data management and marty you work with marketing could you tell me just a little bit about when you started looking at this how how did you figure out what you wanted i mean uh, there must have been different views inside of the company what a pim was and what you wanted to accomplish with it yeah and i think uh our journey started sort of a way before marta and i uh, uh i mean then the need as marta said the need for high quality product information has always been in place here at usher and it is sort of a in place although maybe not in the way that we would uh, like to have it but i i guess this journey sort of started like two and a half years ago, sort of with me joining the company. Before that, we had a team or more like just a group of stakeholders that really felt the pain of not having a a centralized product information system. And this was people from, for example, IT and marketing that, you know, had been receiving several requests to create new applications and solutions around our products. And they, at that point in time, they just, you know, they didn't really feel comfortable continuing on this path without a proper product master data in, in this case. I mean, that was sort of the definition uh, in the beginning that we were lacking a, a product master here at Usher. And I was probably two or three months in, into the job when I was CC'd in an email thread around this new potential investment. So this group of stakeholders, they were actually looking into buying a, a product information management system. It wasn't in river, it was a, a different type of system. And because I was new, I was curious, I had a lot of questions. So I hit reply with like a list of probably 10 or 20 questions. And this was like, it was a really difficult subject at that point in time because nobody really wants to admit that, you know, they don't really know what the product is and they don't really know where the product information is stored because it was stored here and there and everywhere. So they just decided, you know, because I had all of these questions that I should just take it forward. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, so this, that's how it is when when you ask the questions. Yes, uh, exactly. So on, you you usually end up with it in your knee. Yeah. yeah. So this sort of started as a, a you know a product master data program here at Azure. All right. You're, you're mentioning master data, and there is these uh, master data management systems out there. So you that have knowledge in both of these domains, what would you say? What what is the difference in between a master data management system and a product information management system yeah i think this is this is a good question and this is probably one of the reasons why i jumped into the email and hit reply because you know i at that point in time i didn't really understand the difference we here at usher we have have we have a master data management system we actually have two and we have used them in the past 10 years for various domains of our master data so i 
in the beginning, I didn't understand the difference. But Usher is an international company, as Martha says. We have uh, localized versions of our data, but we also have globalized versions. And we have uh, multiple departments with different needs. So we have manufacturing and R&D, which are focusing on one side of the, the, the products or the product features. And then you have, of course, sales and marketing on the other side. And uh, as Marta said, I mean, Usher has been growing really fast and we grow through acquisitions. And as such, we have very complex product portfolio. And we have, uh, I'm not going to say complex system architecture, but we, because we grow through acquisition, then we get like different flavors with every single company that we acquire. And by not having a centralized product repository or a product master, it can be very difficult for us to understand the product journey from beginning to the end. And so when it comes to a master data management system, that is like the, you know, the, the, the single source of truth for your product data, regardless on what level you are, are on. So a proper master data system, for example, cleanses and enriches your data. And in our case, it acts as a central product hub for our organization because that is part of our master data strategy to physically store our master data in one single location for the rest of the company to, you know, to assess and, and, and pull the data from. So our master data system, you know, pulls data from from uh, pulls product data from every single source system, such as our ERP, our PIM system today, uh, our warehouse system, our Salesforce system, and so on and so forth. And it combines it there for an overall 360 degree view of our products. And then this data can be assessed by anyone in the organization and, and any application. So okay. our marketeers, they are not really going into this system because it's, it's a rather technical system in a way high level yeah, yeah it, it contains very detailed information but you need to be tech savvy to to use it so our marketeers they operate within our PIM system which is you know it, it's it's more user friendly it has a nicer user interface and it's more like uh, they can like create author and, and manage their product information there they can control the launches and, and commercialization in all of their channels, but they're not maybe working on detailed product specifications or SKU enrichment within uh, their PIM system. That is what we're doing more or less, I'm not going to say in our master data system, but in partly in our master data system, but partly in all of the other applications that we have that are supporting our product information and our product journey. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. I think if I look at from my perspective on the, on, on, on the difference, and I maybe you know, look that's from the marketing perspective, uh, so not, not data savvy uh, and, and, and maybe a little bit a different um, angle on it. When it comes to the, the MDM, what I've been always seeing, it is, it is as a central point of information for, for, for us as a company. 
uh, where a PIM is, is the outside world. How do we want to present this information to the outside world? Of course, the information, all the information that you have MDM uh, in a master data management systems is maybe not something that you want to, that you want to promote when you want to publish it to the outside world where a PIM is actually something that it's mainly used for, uh, for publication and to show the information to the outside world. So for me, for, uh, for a marketeer, uh, that's a definition of 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 the, of the information um, of of the differences between uh, between those systems. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it. Uh, I mean, the MDM solves a lot of your internal issues, uh, <clears throat> um, so that all of your internal systems can communicate with each other, and uh, that uh, the data is described in in the, the same ways, uh, so you easily can exchange the data. But as you say, Marta, that the PIM focuses on on what customer experience you want to have in the different channels and what content you need to create in order to accomplish that. And uh, as also, as you say, it's, it's really the tool for the marketer where they can sit and work in a user-friendly environment and um, can use their creativity uh, around the message that they want to get out there. Yeah, and uh, if you have a, a good foundation underneath your PIM system, it will also allow or enable your marketeers to uh, still view the details about the products even though you know that product information is not being generated directly in PIM but in any other systems so they still you know it helps them to understand all of the moving parts of their products even though they're not responsible for you know that part of the the, the product yeah <clears throat> yeah because it's really important to get this um the, the core data into the system uh, from the beginning. And as you say, you have a lot of technical specifications. It's really important to have all of that information correct from the beginning. I don't know, do you have a PLM system as well for your production um, process or? No, that, that's actually one piece of the puzzle that we're missing today. So in theory, our MTM and our PIM system are sort of acting as our PLM system today. Okay. We foresee that that will change in the future, but unfortunately, we don't have a PLM today. No. So Elsa, I mean, there is a lot of different systems in system architecture here, and, and we have an ERP system, I guess, somewhere. You have your MDM system, and then we have the PIM system. So maybe you just could tell us a little bit about how these fit together in the process. Uh, that's a really good question, Thomas. Uh, so we are... Our ERP system is uh, Microsoft uh, Dynamics, uh, Microsoft Navision, and we have two server for for it. We have one for email and and another one for America and APAC. And in fact, we have over fifty Navision companies. So for us, we are sort of creating the products fifty times in a way, uh, because Navision doesn't is not maybe the best ERP system for an international company of our size. So that is uh, one of the systems that we're dealing with, and we have a quite sophisticated process when it comes to our item creation uh, in general. We don't have a, a PLM system today, but we have a, a process around it. So how we are doing it today is that we are creating, we are creating the items only one time within our ERP system. And uh, every single item or every single product on our site is marked or flagged with what we call an ownership. So you can have one ownership location in UK and that ownership location can be responsible for one type of product. And by saying that, we are saying that they sort of own and manage this part of the, the master data for this 
for this product. And so they are responsible for creating the, the product both in NEV and in our MTM system and enrich it with the, the global information that, that Usher needs from information management perspective uh, across all of their ERP systems and other systems. So they create the, the item and the item then goes into MTM and scale and then back to MTM and then back into every other Navism company that we have. So it, it, it really is a, a brilliant uh, solution in a way because it, this item travel around all of the different systems and gets enriched in the process. And when it hits MTM and we know that we need to it's, it's, a, it's a product, it's not a raw material or working progress. So we know that we want to promote this product to, to our customers uh, using PIM. Then we enrich it with a specific product information. So we push the data from MTM into PIM where it is being enriched. Uh, and then it goes into the channels from, from PIM. And then it actually goes back into MTM. So we're closing the loop. So the item is always, you know, it's being created in one place and then it's then it's uh, created in our NEV system, it goes into MTM and then it goes into every other system that we have, gets enriched and goes back into MTM. So okay. we are enriching uh, PIM with uh, information from lots of systems and then PIM is enriching this product as well and that information is then being pushed into our ERP systems and into our reporting environment. So the definition of a product, the branding structure and everything is being maintained and managed within PIM, but that information then goes back into MDM and into every other system that we have. So sort of a closing the loop. So this is the, the golden record that travels around our systems. Okay. Is there any information that you create in the PIM that you don't push back to the MDM? We have uh, detailed, like long descriptions, for example. We don't have the need to store that information within MTM, so we're not taking that over. Uh, yeah, so, so I would say the marketing description is something that we don't really need in that detail, but more or less everything else is pushed back into MTM. Okay. Because, yeah, because we need to have it for, I mean, when they're doing the reports, they want to be able to report on, on branding, for example, and different types of solutions, so... And the translations are staying as well in PIM. Yeah, part of the translation, part of the translation goes back. Yeah. Okay. So, so Marta, when you get the the products, um, new products from the MDM, uh, what kind of things uh, do you need to add in order to get them ready for the different channels? It depends a little bit of what kind of a product. There are very simple products that are not needing almost uh, or not, not needing a lot of information. Some products that are actually need to be enriched quite a lot. Uh, we have a different descriptions depending on the on on the channel needs uh, for the web. Uh, different information for the product catalog, for example, different information than maybe for a mobile applications. There is a need of uh, a little bit of a different marketing description, the product itself. We're enriching the products as well with uh, with links to uh, 
uh, a video material. We're enriching the products with information about uh, about our instructions for use. So how to use the product actually. This is uh, this is a part that it's extremely important for our products because it's a legal requirement. We of course need to, as a manufacturer, we need to provide people with with the proper uh, instruction how to use the product. So this is a part of uh, of PIM enrichment. We're also adding uh, uh, a main picture to the to the system just to know uh, when a marketer is actually starting working with the product description that he knows what we are talking about. He has a visualization like what we this is the picture of the actual actual product that I that I want to write a story about. We have also descriptions of, of, of the fields that we've also been talking about, for example, as a brand or a, or, a, or a solution of a type on it. So everything at Azure site has a lot of like additional information. So not only a product could have a description, but if we're talking about a brand uh, of, of, of prod, of, uh, by Azure, that it is a separate entity that actually has also a description. It could have a logo. It could have okay. a picture. So kind of a styles and, and, and seasons, what you could call it in, in a different industry that we, are, we, want, to, uh, we want to promote and describe. So this is part of uh, of PIM as well. So it's not only product and item, but there is a lot of like you know additional information. If uh, if if you look at the whole information that it's needed to actually uh, be able to promote the product. So so Elsa, you got to initiate uh, this project, and um, and then I guess a lot of different stakeholders was a part of it. And when it comes to, I mean, the most uh, when it comes to the more data centric people that maybe came from the MDM sphere or the manufacturing part of it and then you there was marketing was there uh, was it hard to uh, I mean to align these different uh, stakeholders in the process I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> <laughs> give it yeah, to I me mean, yeah well it has been a journey to be honest I, okay. I think uh, I mean we had so many pain points on the sales and marketing side that they just jumped on the wagon and they have been you know part of this from the beginning and they have probably be, been the ones that have been in the in the driving seat if, if you will but because we had i mean we are a manufacturing company so we have and we still have processes uh, where we are actually trying to create uh, product information around our skews uh you know this is a process just uh, that we have had in the in the past yeah for the past year so it, it's quite difficult to change it but i think we're getting closer and closer and i think we're getting more and more people involved and more and more people are becoming part of this journey and uh, we are actually at the moment we are changing the item creation process which is a process owned by manufacturing and now this process will include information that we need to support so i, I don't want to say pim but to, to support our product information journey so Mm-hmm. So it's it, but it has been a challenge. I mean, when we went into the whole definition of what is a product, then I mean, it took six months just to, you know, <laughs> to clarify that. And we all agree that you know, product can be several things. And when it comes to, you know, MNO, then you know, working progress and and raw materials, you know, they are products as well. But you know, it doesn't mean the same thing when you're talking about products from sales and marketing perspective. So, yeah. So yes, I'm not. Yeah, it's 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 a journey. It's it has to do with uh, change management. It has to do with business transformation. But you just need to hang in there. Eventually, you will see the light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> challenge by a challenge, step by step. Not step everything at the same time. Yeah. No, so, that's true. Yeah. And I think it's really important for people to realize that you know this isn't really a project. I mean, this is this is a journey. This is this is more like a program. This is maybe a lifestyle change in a way because you're changing how you 
to manage and operate your product data. So it it's never... not, uh, yeah, it's not a six months diet and then you go back uh, because you <laughs> <laughs> explode, no. right? It has, it has a beginning, but it will never have an end. Yeah. Exactly, it's a lifestyle change for the for the company's uh, culture, uh, for yeah. example, for a company way of working. Uh, for a lot of people, changing their uh, their daily habits and 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 I think that's a that's a that's a separate challenge as well. Just you know, let's taking. From like I've been always doing it this way. Why do I have to change it? And it's it's it goes everywhere. Actually, we kind of are rebuilding the fundamentals of the comp of the company. So you, you it's it's not you cannot say it's only sales and marketing and it's 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 only data ma uh, data management. It's it it goes really into all the divisions of the company and finding because the data is everywhere, right? Everyone has their own little bits and pieces and they're using it in some way to to be able to uh, to to accommodate the needs of the of the company. So we we actually had to go through all those little containers and figure it out who's doing. What was owning it? Who who can say something about it? And does it belong in PIM or not? Okay, and I think it's great that you you have understood this. That this is an ongoing project that you need to continue work on. But was that something that you were aware of already from the beginning, or was it more uh, that this is a project and we have a delivery, and then then we are are done more or less? Or it's like having the baby, right? You never know what you're going to expect it. <laughs> It's kind of it is there, and then you you have to just you know have to do this um, because you have to have a budget for it as well. And I mean, yeah. uh, usually you get the budget for for a project, but then maybe um, the organization is not aware of that. This is a process that we need to continue work on, and it it will require resources, and it will mm -hmm. require that we change the way we work. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think we sort of knew, and uh, maybe that's the reason why it ended up uh, in in the master data uh, side of things. Uh, because normally, when we get a project in there, it tends to live forever. But we, what we did also in in the first phase, we had a very big uh, workshop, two days workshop with uh, all of our stakeholders. And Marta, she was actually part of that workshop session as well. And we talked about roles and responsibilities. So at that point in time we realized that we needed to have uh, various people uh, to work in PIM so we're I mean on one side we're improving our data and on the other side we really we're improving our operational processes because people I mean we had people here and there and everywhere just creating the same information over and over again but yeah. we realized that you know we might be improving operational processes but we're still creating new roles within PIM so I think that was clear from the beginning. Yeah. And Marta, going into this two-day workshop, uh, how was that? What's, what was your experience of those days? It was amazing, you know, like to, to, to have so many different uh, people in, in that meeting and, and look at, at something that I was, you know, like I had to work with on an everyday basis and definition for me of the product. It was something completely different than it is for the, on the manufacturing level. Uh, so, I mean, what we are promoting is, is, you know, two levels up actually in the company. And what we actually manufacturing is to level down or, or on a different level. And it's, uh, it's, it, it to, to have the understanding that there are so many differences of the per, uh, perception of, of our data and of our product information, the cover made me realize that the challenge of, of a PIM is going to be so much bigger than just only you know produce, production of, uh, of automatization of the websites of, uh, or automatization of the, of the product catalog, that actually it will start off by cleaning the fundamentals or cleaning the, uh, the road of, of the data that goes through, through our company. 
and that it will be it, that that will be actually the more of a challenge than actually uh, what we will be doing on outbound, looking at the at the channels, because then you have you're going to have a clean data, you're going to have a clear uh, roads behind you, and you know where you're coming from, and then you could actually uh, util utilize that so much better when you uh, when you're actually hitting e-commerce uh, websites, mobile applications. Uh, because you have a good fundament to, to actually do a lot of more creativity. So I kind of saw, you know, opportunities that are laying ahead. That was really, really a nice thing. And I saw a lot of things that were uh, presented back then uh, with kind of a wow effects. Like, oh my gosh, that's going to be possible. So, uh, and I can do this. This, this and this and this and this with it so i already saw like you know application side of it uh, of what we will be going into but i saw as well like you know the challenges that we will have to deal with uh, during uh, during that uh, journey but it was extremely exciting time time and it still is so would you say that this has um, brought um, a bigger understanding in between different the different departments and the different people that are in touch with the products in various ways Yes, definitely. I mean, to have to have uh, this group people are actually meeting and knowing how their how our data is perceived. I mean, everyone has a little bit of a different angle to it. So having having that group in one one meeting room, I think, made us realize that uh, that we will have to do some heavy lifting in the beginning to uh, to 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 be able. Uh, to build uh, a proper system uh, around it and to support uh, our outbound uh, channels. Yeah, it, it is. I think that from that perspective, it has been. It has been. It was a really good thing to get all the people involved from the from the early stages and made them realize what we will be doing. Um, I think uh, that that uh, a pitfall of uh, of of. Uh, of any product information management system uh, could be actually if you try to forget uh, the fundamentals and try to build on them kind of you know that database that will be just like you know pushing information out and you don't want to take care of the of the true challenges in a company and kind of you know try to uh, forget that they are existing and, and and move on move on build something on top of that uh, it you will fail so you have to really clean everything from bottom uh, bottom up okay so um Elsa, do you have any tips for, for companies that want to start this uh, product journey from beginning to end? Yeah, uh, I would say uh, start by looking at your processes from end to end. Uh, take a close look at your system architecture from end to end and, and figure out how your information is flowing between your system. What we saw when we started this journey, obviously I was new to the company, so I you know, this was also a learning curve for me. I uh, what we saw was that Azure uh, has Azure is a data-driven company, so we have a we have so much data out there. It's just amazing, and we are also a, a process-driven company. We have processes for more or less everything that we do, uh, and we have one really big enterprise pro process for product launches, which is just amazing for a company of this size. But what we saw was that. We are not really sharing and reusing our processes and data across different teams and location. So that I think was our biggest pain point and is still one of our biggest challenges. We just need to be better when it comes to sharing and reusing and like sharing is caring and all that. So that was sort of the reason why we had these multiple product silos here and there and everywhere. And this is what we are changing at the moment. But I think it's important to understand, you know, how the company behaves. I mean, how they operate, you know, why, I mean, why do you have, why are things like they are and how can you, how can you change it? I mean, on 
buying a system won't, I mean, it will solve many things, but it won't solve maybe your biggest challenge. Maybe your biggest challenge has to do with people and, and change management and, and, and processes. And if that is the case, then you need to have really good uh, people on your team. You need to have influencers and people with authority to take decisions from uh, the, the top down. Yeah, thank you. I think we have reached uh, the end of, of the talk this time, but I would also like to ask you, because um, I tried to find the topics and guests um, of different kinds that could be interesting, and I, I wonder if there is um, something that you would like me to cover here uh, on PIM Talk, something that would be interesting for you to hear about. Marta, what do you say? Mm, thinking. What is yeah. it and really what, what, you know, like what, what belongs then in PIM and what should be left to, uh, to local uh, and the channel-specific information? What's yeah. your guys' opinion on further kind of a splitting of, uh, of, 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 of the crucial data? Yeah, down into the channels in the different, yeah. different regions and so on. Yeah. What, what do we manage centrally? What yeah. should be uh, created in other ways? Yeah, yeah. thank you. And I'll yeah. say, is there something that you would like to... Yeah. know more about or a specific guest that you would like us to try to get on the show? Yeah, I'm, I, I was listening to the podcast uh, from Eva uh, L'Oreal yeah. over the weekend and I really, really liked it. It was so informative. Uh, from there, I was, it made me think about, uh, I mean, what Marta was talking about, the, the, the channel side of things and, and how we communicate with, you know, other uh, systems like uh, e-commerce systems and other mobile applications. But I was also wondering yeah. about the assortments in general. Uh, L'Oreal seems to have uh, similar uh, assortments challenges as we have, but then they are, of course, using the, the content store from InRiver. And she, she was talking about a lot of different things that I found really interesting, like uh, when it came to, came to the, the, the product launches, for example, that they are pushing that out to the channels, not, not really managing it within PIM because it's more like channel specific. So I guess so the whole structure around how do you deal with different assortments, different customer needs, different mm -hmm. uh, country needs, uh, different yeah. channels, and just how do you manage that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we will have more content around uh, yeah, I would say the the different uh, channel challenges and and the way mm -hmm. that uh, the information could be distributed in various ways to to su suit different um, uh, mm -hmm. customers and receivers of the information. So um we're going to take a, a deeper dive into that. But thank you so much Elsa and Marta for being on the show. And uh, let's hope that you will get some better weather on Iceland soon. And uh, <laughs> see you around. Okay. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to PIM Talk. Uh, for feedback, tips and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at newriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast on Twitter. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material or bloopers and live streams, you can follow PimTalk at Instagram. Uh, we would also appreciate, if you like the show, to go into iTunes and give us a good review. And um, please tell your colleagues and partners and customers about the podcast. And, um, well, see you in two weeks' time.
Bye. Let's talk about him.